rise and shine, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. So today, as I'm recording this, I am fresh off the heels of a wonderful weekend. Um, it was actually, this past weekend was Mother's Day, and we spent Mother's Day with my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, her family, and we actually got to watch my older sister run another marathon. She's run marathons before. She qualified for the Boston Marathon again, crushed her PRs, and it was just incredible. I feel like... This is like a common misbelief that I think a lot of people had, but I used to think for some reason that like once you have kids that you like stop achieving goals for yourself, which like I know it isn't true, but like something about seeing my sister just do it all in action, like really like affirm that in my head. And it was just like so beautiful and I was so happy to see her crush her own goals. Um with running this marathon, qualifying for Boston, hitting a new PR. And it kind of just got me thinking like the analogy of like okay, personally I will not be running a marathon. Um, that is not really something that interests me, not not something that I see myself doing really. But I think in life, we all have things that are our own versions of marathons, right? You have that special project that you want to get started and you don't know how to get started. You dream of going to like this kind of school and like you haven't gotten started with that, right? We all have our own Everest, Mount Everest to climb. We all have our own marathons to run. So for today's episode, I want to do all about how to really navigate and go after those long-term goals. The ones that feel like are 26 miles, right? The ones that feel like they never end, they feel like you're never gonna get there, and yet we all have these dreams inside of us, right? And this past weekend was just living proof that you really can achieve anything you want to. Honestly, anything. My sister was like jet lagged by like a million hours. She had a cold and she also was running in the cold in like 30, 40 degree weather. So I mean, like if that's just like a testament to what the human body can do, it's just incredible. Like I was feeling so emotional watching all of the runners run this marathon because like in my head, I, I got so emotional when we were standing at the first checkpoint, not the starting line, but the first checkpoint um, that the runner started to pass. And we were all standing there on the side of the road and then all of a sudden some Someone said, look, look, there's the first runner. And this little tiny spot in the distance we see is the first runner that leads the pack and starts coming down. And it was just such a special moment. It made me really emotional just because, like, I don't know, like, we all at some point, we all are that runner that, like, we say we're going to do something, we put our mind to it, we tell our friends and family, and then you know what? We start going and we do the work. And before you know it, we all at some point are that first runner, and someone else is like, look, look, there they are, they're doing the thing. And yeah, I don't know, it was just really incredible to see. And slowly but surely, you know, after the first runner came the next runner and the next runner. And then, like, everyone's looking out for their loved ones. It was, like, a really sweet moment. Like, some of the people running were like, oh, like, don't, they, like, they recognize the people in the crowd. And they're like, don't worry, like, this person's coming behind me. Like, I saw that person back there. They're coming. It was just a really special environment. So, long story short, that kind of inspired me for today's episode all about achieving our long-term goals, your marathon, your version of Mount Everest, whatever it is that you want to chase. So, yeah, that's what's in store for today. But first things first, we got our hot girl huddle. So, hit it, editing, Connie. Alrighty, so first things first, for our hot girl huddle, we have my ins and outs of the week. You guys, I'm so excited. I figured out the hack for how to wear graduation hats and actually make them look cute. So this hack is really for like those mushroom doctorate caps that you get. Um, I know some schools don't do them for our school, for dental school at least we get. They literally make us look like Lord Farquaad, like it's like this mushroom cap. You know what I'm talking about. And so you guys, the hack to making them look good is 
it's common sense to just place the cap onto your head, right? So that it's like snug on your head. But no, 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 you cannot do that. You cannot put it like vertically up and down, like just like snug on your head. You instead have to treat the mushroom cap as a beret, you know, like the little French cute hats. And you have to first like kind of tilt it backwards so that the hat is on the crown of your head facing the back. And that way you expose a little bit of your front facing pieces of hair. So it looks a lot more chic. It's like a Parisian beret vibe instead of just like Lord Farquaad, like (laughs) from Shrek. Um, Definitely try it out if you guys are graduating soon or wearing the cap. That's my favorite hack. And then so for my out of the week. So my out of the week is kind of less of like a physical thing. It's just the fact that like these past four years, I've gotten used to having like a relatively short commute. You know, it usually only takes me like 20 something minutes to get to school. And so moving forward, the new job that I'm going to be working at, my commute's gonna be like a little bit longer it's definitely gonna be more in like the 30 to 40 minutes each way um sometimes even an hour each way which i know it's like a lot luckily it's not uh it it actually is going against traffic so that's the good thing but still it's like quite some time to be spending in my car but i think the good the silver lining is that i realized i actually really enjoy like creating content in the car or at least like i just like like thinking of things in the car but i'm trying to figure out a way to like create content basically in the car and create something that you guys can enjoy i wanted to do like an audio version of a car vlog the problem is like you can kind of hear the car in the background which is annoying so i need to play around with some editing for that but yeah anyways my out of the week is just your girl is going to have to get used to being a commute girly but that is okay because this which also brings me to spit talk that is okay because you guys i'm so excited for my first job outside of dental school so the other day i shadowed at the office that i'm gonna be spending a lot of time with um and signing with and so i'm gonna be bouncing around into a couple offices basically of private offices and um it's it's one owner but they have multiple offices wait i'm actually jumping the gun first of all the next time you guys hear from me Oh, wait, no, you know what? Never mind. The next time you hear from me will be Friday, actually, and I won't be a fully grown dentist yet. But then the next, next time you hear from me next Tuesday, like one week from when you guys are hearing this, I am officially going to be a fully grown dentist. Yes, ma'am. I am graduating on May 21st. I am so excited. Um, I honestly feel like a lot of emotions in the beginning. I like didn't really feel as much, but I feel like from taking graduation photos and all of that, I'm really starting to feel it more. I personally wish because I hate heavy formal goodbyes and things like that it's just like weird to me I wish I could just like Irish goodbye and not say goodbye to like any people in dental school just because like it's just so weird and like heavy and awkward to think like okay this is goodbye forever kind of like how do I say goodbye forever to my faculty that I spent like every day with how do I say goodbye to like the assistant on our floor and the dispensary staff that I saw every morning every night like every single day for like two whole years of clinic like how do i say goodbye to these people the police officer that's in the lobby of my building that i saw every day for the last four years my friends that i've never really had to say goodbye to for like more than a month really like how do i say goodbye to them for the first time since meeting them four years ago right it's just strange i don't know how to say goodbye to people and so it makes me wish that i could just dip out and be like oops forgot to say goodbye but that's not right. That's not me. I, w- I want to, you know, leave my thank you cards with my faculty. I want to spend my last few whatevers with my friends. So I'm pushing through these difficult emo- emotions because I know that through going through these difficult, hard goodbyes and emotions that I'm going to have some great memories in the end. So yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just dealing with a lot of goodbyes and stuff. And like part of me is just so excited to get out there. The other part of me is just like, 
oh, I feel like I'm leaving a piece of home, right? Um, but I would say I think I'm still, you know what, I think I'm like 60% excited to graduate and go on into the real world. I'm like 40%, maybe 35% like sad because like I know that it's time. I feel like I always use the analogy of being like a little fish uh, that's growing, growing, growing into their pond and one day they look around and they need a new pond to fit in and that's how I feel. I feel like all of a sudden like, you know what, this fish needs a bigger pond. So anyways, as I was saying earlier about the job and the commute and all that, I am just like so excited. I somehow like won the jackpot of like the most supportive, awesomest boss ever. Like they're just... I can't explain it other than like this place is the perfect fit for me from what I can tell at least like some places the second you walk in you just have chemistry with them and this was one of those places for me I just have such insane chemistry with like the staff I feel like I get along really well with everyone the doctors the, the hygienists the assistants um it's a place where I feel like I can just completely be myself joke around be silly goofy Connie and I feel like that adds value I feel like just being myself adds value I'm not afraid that like I'm not good enough this place doesn't make me feel like I have to change myself in order to fit in it doesn't make me feel like if I don't do this this then this then I'll be fired like I don't feel fear for my self-worth I feel like very comfortable and supported and uplifted and just like so excited to get started I feel almost like I'm returning home in a sense and you guys will hear a little bit about like why this is so pivotal for me in the main episode so yeah look at me being a grown-up podcaster and everything with that let's segue into the main episode okay now it's time to discuss how to navigate and tackle and crush those long-term goals Alrighty, you guys. So, like I said, I was inspired to do this episode because, you know, watching my sister and, like, everyone just run that difficult marathon, it kind of just got me thinking, like, we all are meant to do something very, like, long-term and big in our life. We all have something in us that's telling us to pursue this long-term thing. And I feel like what makes it difficult, I think I saw this, like, scary statistic, is that 92% of people will not achieve their long-time goals, long-term goals, which blows my mind. Uh, I also could have butchered that statistic, but I'm pretty sure it's 92. Maybe Google and fact check me on that. An astronomical amount of us do not get to do what we set out and what we want to do. Why is that? Like, what is the point of life to me if we can't, you know, become all that we're meant to be? And I think that there's a couple of reasons. One of these reasons, this first reason that I want to tackle, this first like little roadblock to our long-term goals is that Honestly, it will never feel like the right time with long-term goals because we won't see the results right away, right? So it's kind of just like feeding into our fear of failure when it comes to starting something because we know that it will take a long time. Like, like just think about it. When you think about how long it's going to take to achieve some big grand goal, your instant thought is maybe to like procrastinate it, right? You're like, I'm not ready. This isn't the right time. X, Y, Z is happening. I'll wait until it becomes a better time, right? I'll wait until this thing sorts itself out, until I get this new job, until I move into this new apartment, until I start dating someone new. And the thing is, that will never be the right time, right? There will never be a better time to start something that takes a long time except right now. It's easy to feel like there's a right time when you get started with short-term goals because short-term goals in itself are very limited. It's a very finite amount of like work and pain. They're much more attractive for us to take on because they just pro- provide that like little boost of feel-good achievement and accomplishment much faster. So that's why we're like, oh, you know what? That long-term goal that I really want, see, that doesn't really look fun to do because that would take a lot of time and dedication and sacrifice. You know what? Instead, I'm just going to do this short little burst that's going to give me like a cute little certificate. It's 
going to make me happy and excited and it's going to make me feel good about myself. When it comes to long-term goals, like I said, those things aren't fun, right? They're like way less interesting. It's way easier to get distracted by these short-term goals. And so the first thing that we need to do to stay motivated and persistent with our long-term goals is to kind of have that understanding of why we're doing something. Short-term goals also win here because they're easier to stay motivated and understand why we're doing something because they're quicker to achieve, like I said. So one thing that's really helped me is not making goals off of what I want to achieve and like what I want to do, but instead making goals off of what I want to feel. I think it's really common to just like mindlessly put down our head and like just work really hard to achieve like this one thing only to look up and then once it's done you realize you don't feel how you expect it to feel right you're like huh I thought this would feel better huh I thought I would feel more successful huh I thought I would feel like I achieved more and that's because you weren't so much letting your feelings and how you want to feel guide you instead you were just focusing on the outcome which will never truly fulfill you if you really think about it so for example when I was looking at into my first job out of school of course on paper i thought i would want this like amazing high-tech high-end beautiful cosmetic office right i thought that i would be like wow that office is gonna make me feel so proud everyone's gonna be like wow she's so successful it's so prestigious it's so blah 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 i'm gonna feel so great about myself the more i experienced the job hunt and thought about my life the more i realized i was chasing less of that exciting thing on paper and more of a feeling. So what happened is actually when I was on externship, I learned a very valuable lesson for what I need for my career, which is that I need to feel that level of support, that level of camaraderie, that feeling of welcomeness and that familyness, that embrace. I need that in order to be the best dentist that I can be. That is me functioning at my highest self is when I can authentically be my goofy self and just like let myself be. And like that in itself will attract the right people to work with. I feel like I can serve my community in that way also. So knowing this, on my interviews, I stopped looking for certain things on paper like numbers and like production and blah, 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 percent, whatever. And instead, I listened to my gut for the times that I felt like I was at home, for the times where I felt like supported, like I said, like my highest self, I felt appreciated and like I could just be myself and like not afraid that I wasn't good enough or that I wasn't XYZ enough. And that made all the difference when I ended up finding this perfect job because when I walked in through the front doors, I was like, oh, this is it. This is how I'm meant to feel. This is how I want to feel every day when I'm at work. This is how I want to feel every day when I'm like laughing with my patients, laughing with the team. Like there's just something so special about that. And that is why I'm so thankful that I chased the feeling when I was on the job hunt instead of chasing like just numbers because really anyone can provide the production numbers. Money comes with time. Success comes with time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is you really start from building your habits, building your foundation. And what makes that strong for me at least is feeling that kind of emotional community support. So that's one way to look at long-term goals. I think another thing that I have to mention is, so I mentioned how we have the fear of failure when we start, right? And that's kind of why we start to procrastinate, right? That's why we start to say like, you know what, now's not a good time, I'm not ready for this. But I think the even bigger thing that we subconsciously fear is actually the fear of success, which sounds counterintuitive, right? But like, hang in here with me because success actually means catapulting us into a whole different world. Success means changing our lives, changing who we are and like who we see ourselves and who we surround ourselves with. So when it comes down to it, we are creatures of habit. We don't like change. We don't like new things. 
And so a lot of times we actually fear the change that comes with achieving success. So much so that we subconsciously, we self-sabotage. We run away from the things that we know will bring us success. We make excuses for ourselves. We let ourselves achieve just enough success so that we feel comfortable. But then the second that it starts to be so much success that we're suddenly not used to it and we're scared, then we run from it. And it's often the things that we fear the most or face the most resistance with that are the pathways to like our greatest goal. So something that's really important with this is just being real with ourselves and like checking ourselves, constantly asking, why do I feel this way? When we feel that kind of scary feeling of doubt and fear come up, who told me this? Ask yourself that. What would happen if I let this scenario happen? What's like the worst thing that can happen? Also ask yourself, like, where in life do I tend to settle? Like, what are the things that I'm telling myself that stop myself that may actually be lies, right? That is a big step. I remember in one of my workshops with Masha K, she mentions how like we actually already are our best selves. So it's less about like finding and creating or like becoming our best selves, but instead it's about chipping away and peeling away the tough exterior parts that we've developed over time that may have been productive, but now are no longer serving us. Like our best selves are actually with us right now, deep within. We just have to peel away at our like compensatory mechanisms, basically, that we've built up to protect us from feelings of change and discomfort and all of that. So switching gears a little, another way to navigate and to really like crush your long-term goals is if you associate these long-term goals with some of your personal, you, your core values. So similarly to how I said we should try to choose our goals based off of how we want to feel from them. That's one way to get started, right? But that can't always be the only way we choose our goals because feelings are not as trustworthy as we think they are. Feelings can change one day just because our day started off a certain way, right? Like we all know what it feels like to have a day derailed just by like a rough start. Um, and just by like one thing, like feelings are really wishy-washy. So what's a more stable way to actually think about this is to link our core values, like I said, which is basically the things that we believe in. So things, these are things like stability. If we really want stability in our life, if we want opportunity for advancement, if we want something like creativity, these are all things that if we tie our goals to these, we'll be much less likely to lose our steam in pursuing these things because these will always be true to what we believe in and what we want to seek, no matter how we feel that day, no matter what side of the bed we woke up that day, no matter what's happening between you and this person and like you know what's going on our core values if they truly are your core values they will navigate you and so when you link your long-term goals to them it'll be much easier to just stick with it because they will be as true to you as you you know as these core beliefs are so another thing to keep in mind i touched on this briefly but before because how I mentioned, like, short-term goals are always more fun to pursue, right? And so something to keep in mind is that there's always going to be something that feels more urgent than working towards your long-term goals. Because long-term goals, like I said earlier, they're kind of boring. They're kind of like simmering in the background. They take more time. They don't feel as pressing to us because it's not like an email from our boss being like, do this, right? it's really easy to feel like something else needs your attention. And so this is actually something that psychologists have a word for. They call this the urgency bias. This is basically what derails us from our long-term goals because we always feel like there's so many more urgent things popping up left and right. And these things actually become distractions, right? So one way to really tackle distractions, this feels kind of like simple and silly, but trust me, it definitely works when you set more intention behind it. It's to create if-then statements for when your distractions inevitably arise, right? So it's the idea of saying like, okay, 
if my friends invite me to go out, but I have to do this podcast episode, then I'll tell them like, you know what? I can only go after 8 p.m. like once my podcast is done, basically. That gives you a level of accountability. It kind of helps you rehearse what to do when you're inevitably faced with these distractions. And it kind of solidifies your intention and your plans to prioritize these long-term goals. Another good piece of advice that I found from researching is that Researchers from the University of Iowa and also the Korea University of Business School, interestingly enough, they found that people who define their path to success from the end backwards are not only more likely to succeed, but they're also more confident in the choices that they're making, which is all I've ever wanted is to feel more confident in my choices, right? And so that's because of what scientists call the messy middle. It's kind of what happens when you start from beginning to end, you're more likely to like lose steam towards the middle because you're kind of like, I don't know how to write like what happens, right? Like I haven't written this far yet. I don't know how to navigate through this. When you start from the end backwards, it's almost like you account for all the things that will pop up. And it's a way to kind of think like, okay, well, if this happens, then like, how can I get out of that? So it's a good way to really plan is to start from the end backwards. Speaking of the messy middle, one last thing that I really wanted to mention is that something that could really kill long-term goals is perfectionism. Once you get started, perfectionism is a form of self-sabotage. It's a form of procrastination, and it makes it really difficult for you to like keep moving and move the needle because you think you're achieving more by making everything perfect, right? You're like, oh, you know what? Like, it'll be better if it's higher quality. But instead, After a certain point, perfectionism breeds an environment where you're constantly questioning, is this the right decision? Is this right? Should I keep working on it? You can always work on something more, right? And you're holding back because it seems more comfortable. It feels more familiar to just wait until something is perfect. And this makes uncertain things seem really scary and uncomfortable. So one of the key things you have to keep in mind when you're chasing those long-term goals, when you're running that marathon that you're trying to run, we have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and reframe this uncomfort, this discomfort and uncertainty as instead opportunities, like things to be excited about, a new adventure or an experiment. I think something to keep in mind too, I keep mentioning discomfort, being uncomfortable, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, which by the way, I have episodes all about how perfectionism is self-sabotage and how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You guys should definitely check it out. But something I want to mention too is that wanting to quit is part of the process of whatever hard thing you're doing. And this is not a sign that you should. I think a lot of times when we reach resistance, when we reach points where we're struggling, we, for some reason, our human brains try to make logic out of it. We're like, you know what? This is a sign. This is a sign that I'm not good enough. The other people are better. I'm not meant for this. This is a sign that I should pivot and do something else instead. And the thing is, instead, wanting to quit is honestly so normal. All of us have felt this before and all of us have experienced this. Instead, it should be more popularized and just embraced because it truly is as natural as any other step in the process is. It's just part of the process and something that we should all get used to and embrace. Let's say that you really do want to quit something, right? Here's why you really shouldn't. Something that we tend to underestimate is how exponentially things can get better. You know, we grind for so long and it's so easy to think like, oh, every day is going to feel this hard. Every day is going to feel like this. But what happens is we really underestimate how each mile for like the marathon analogy, each mile as you keep going will feel smaller and smaller and better and better. So for example, when I asked my sister like what was the hardest part of her marathon, she said it was around like mile like 17 where it was really tough, right? Because it still felt like there was a lot more to go around like 17 and 20. But that you know what? She really wanted to quit, but she somehow found it in her. She kept focus and she just 
gritted down and just kept going, right? Something started to happen around like mile 23. She was like, you know what? Only three miles left. Keep going. Something happened around mile 24. Only a cu- two miles left. Mile 25, only one mile left. And the thing is, as each mile went down, 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 and she had less, less, less to do, the more and more and more it became manageable for her to do. And so I think that's a really great analogy to our goals is there's going to come a point where you hit your 17-mile mark. You're going to feel like, you know what? I can't go on. I can't do this. I have so much left. And the thing is, success is really on the other side of that mile 17. We all have our own version of that mile 17, right? We all have that version where we're like, you know what? I've taken this as far as I can. Now's a good time to call it quits. I'm not too close to the finish line. And the thing is, you will never reach what you want to reach. And it is so doable to get there as long as you push past that mile 17, get to that mile 23, get to that mile 24, get to that mile 25. It's like literally right there. And before you know it, that's how things get done. You know, the phrase before you know it, everything happened. That's how dental school felt for me was like, my 17 mile mark was really like end of second year starting third year I was like oh my god I can't believe I still have two whole years clinic is so hard starting out I don't know how I'm ever gonna get this done but I just chipped away at it day in day out and then the phrase before I knew it I was at that mile 25 and where I am now basically which is like mile 26 I've hit the end of the marathon which is really crazy and that just goes to show how exponentially faster you don't realize how exponentially faster things can go after you push past that mile 17. So anyways I hope that you guys enjoyed this kind of analogy this kind of uh, marathon explanation as to how you can navigate and crush your long-term goals. I hope that this episode really helped you guys out and helped you reframe and rethink how you want to attack your personal marathon your personal Mount Everest in your life. I know we all have something that we're ready to conquer and let's change that statistic instead of 92 percent that don't achieve their long-term goals let's change that around let's make that number a little lower and let's get after it shall we so anyways i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you like what you heard please leave a rating and review on apple podcast i would really really appreciate it and i will see you guys on friday for chief complaints bye